Welcome to the first bonus episode of New Type Flash. We are going to discuss Gundam narrative today. So um, there's a lot of stuff that is encompassed in that. But essentially, if you're not familiar with a lot of the different Universal Century shows leading up to narrative and including narrative, this is going to have a ton of spoilers. We're not going to treat this uh, in the same fashion that we're going to treat it later in our series when we cover it as part of the actual continuity that um we're watching all of the shows with uh we're just kind of kind of like try to discuss things and and uh go forth from there um so with that being said uh i'm lane we've got uh scotty and we've got luke here as well say hi guys hi guys so i think uh i assume that we're probably going to come back to nt after we go through the whole shebang again but uh yeah this will be an interesting one because we assumed you had seen nothing and now we're assuming you've seen everything <laughs> yeah so i think i was reading um uh earlier today that the dv the blu-ray is going to be released in may in japan so i don't know if that's going to um correspond to here or not but that's what i heard you can certainly order that DVD on Right Stuff, or excuse me, the Blu-ray, but it's only the limited edition, and it is one hundred dollars before shipping. Oh wow, the the one from Japan though. Yeah, but it will have the English dub. Yeah, uh, hundred dollars, a hundred dollars for an hour and a half movie. It's worth it. Well, every single episode of Origin was released this way as well, and every OVA of Unicorn. Like I'll never complain about the price of a Gunpla again. I'm assuming a few months later it'll drop down to like 20 bucks. Well, so what will happen is, so the other weird part is right stuff usually will only carry now at least the limited editions because I presume they make more money on them because I think a few of the Unicorn episodes that were just the movie without all the bonuses were like 60 bucks and they sat on some of them and had to clearance them. Um Mm. But the releases that you see uh, that are much less expensive are the things like if you look up Origin Blu-rays on Amazon and you get the one that's one through four in a set for like 40 bucks, um, you know, that's cheaper than you would have paid for the cheapest Blu-ray version of the Origin episode one when it was out and things like that. So um, Mm. sometimes it can take a very long time for them to come over here. But I would suspect that around that May time frame, even if we don't have a cheaper Blu-ray, this will probably be up streaming somewhere. I think it's late May. I, uh, and I, I'm not going to... third, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the exact date that I read, but who... May. Let's just say May. So by the time this podcast comes around, we still won't be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm probably not even close. Oh, no, no way, no way. Um, so, yeah, let's let's just kind of, like, go through this. So, like, for, first of all, like, uh, this is the first UC movie uh, since F91, right? And not only that, this I think this is the first movie that was meant to be a movie. You might be right about that. I, I don't think I've ever heard of them saying, we're going to do a movie. And, unless you count the Zeta <laughs> translation movies, which are, I guess they're, they're compilation yeah, movies, but they're not matter. compilation movies at the same time. 
it doesn't count. Well, I don't know. So like, I, I think, I think they count, but they don't count at the same time. Right. So like they, I mean, they remastered a lot of the stuff. They changed a lot of the story. So yeah, they're, they're different, but they're also the same. They're the, I, I don't know. I, I think of them as a compilation movie, but as also as like a, a side story. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They wouldn't have done all that new animation just for a compilation film. This was definitely a marketing push, and you know, is it like Tomino's like, idea? Was it we we just wanted to start over, or do you think it was exactly that? Just a marketing push? They were trying to make money off of old stuff. Hundred percent. You talking about new translation? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent marketing. Yeah, that's yeah. a shame. Yep. Um, there was also, I know you mentioned it was just UC because there was Awakening of the Trailblazer, unfortunately. I can't even get it out of my mouth without like, throwing up a little bit. But That's the uh, seed one, right? Uh, double O. Double O, okay. Double yeah, o- I, haven't, I haven't seen that one. We watched that. We did? You and I watched <laughs> that movie together. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't, you building, aren't you building the Gundam from that right now, Lane? Uh, no, I'm no, I, I'm built Exia, but it's the original Exia. Uh, um, you're just the double O Exia, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, uh, and then the other, and I'm done with Exia. I'm working on, um, well, working on is, and I've washed and taken apart the, the all of the 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 frames of uh, Kshatriya right now. When you say taken apart, did you actually remove stuff from the sprues? Because you're yep. a horrible person if you have stripped stuff off the sprues out of order. No, I have not done that. You're no, I, I took them out and I washed them. Got got all the, the crap off of them, and it's it's prepped and ready to go. Whenever I have like a few hours a day in a row, you can clip off whatever you want to ahead of time. But what I recommend you can clip off whatever you want, but that doesn't make you any less of a terrible person. But what. I recommend is that you put them in some kind of either styrofoam lunch tray or plastic baggies or something. And you just yeah. keep the parts by like sub assembly. So keep your arm parts together or your left leg parts together. However you want to divvy it up because if you're doing a full paint job, you, you kind of have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on how deep you're going with it. I historically have built each component that I want to paint before I attach it, but I don't just say clip shit off of the sprue and then, and then like, just like throw caution to the wind. That's like, Oh yeah. 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 That's a bad idea. Yeah. Come on. It's YOLO mode. This this episode has become uh, why mold release is bad. So (laughs) I hope you didn't want to hear any more about the movie. All right. So let's go into the movie. Um, the, the first few things we see, uh, in the movie theater is actually pretty cool. Like they, they had, um, kind of summaries of each episode or not episode, each series of the mainstay you see. So your uh, they skip origin. They did mobile suit Gundam, mobile suit Zeta. They did double Zeta, um, charge counterattack and unicorn. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool too. It was, it was a nice summary of everything. Not not too deep to get spoilery, but enough to like kind of give you an idea of what what's going on and see. Like, you know, I, I gotta say, if they had put spoilers in there, who cares? No one at that movie hadn't seen all everything. Like, let's be real here. No one's going to that movie, going out of their way to the one night only release of this movie 
if they haven't seen that stuff. Yeah, it's it's funny because because uh, Luke and I went to uh, My Hero Academia the the movie for that, and we were like old there. Uh, we we were probably not the oldest, um, but we were we were aged, as it were. Um, but oh, yeah. for for this one, we were like I feel like we were on the younger end of things. There was, the youngest. there was a 70 year old man sitting in front of us lane, <laughs> which is fine. I'm cool with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, I'm different. just saying it was like a different, it was a different um, environment. And that, I think that's cool. Like uh, you, you see the difference. It's like not, not every anime fan is necessarily into Gundam. And um, the well, people if you that think are about, into Gundam are like balls deep into Gundam. Well, if you think about it, it's not uncommon for you know a thirty-year-old guy to suddenly take up an interest in this sort of thing, and that happened in nineteen seventy-nine. And those people are still around, so yeah. that's who was in the movie here last night. Yeah, I think the the stuff at the start was for people like my wife that went along because I don't have friends. I mean, uh, because <laughs> she was very nice to go along. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I moved. I moved six hours away, Scotty. I would have gone with you. It's okay. It's okay. I could have. I could have driven up there, and it would have been really dumb to do that. But um, yeah, you, got, you got spare bedrooms. It would have been. It would have made sense. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it would have been fun, but I didn't want to burn the PTO. Let's be honest. It's it's only February. Um, what was, hey, we. I didn't go to work today, uh, but that was mostly because there were like six inches of snow outside. But yeah. <laughs> So anyhow, we watched this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, straight up colony drop. I, that's like the first thing I want to talk about. Well, no, no, no. Let's 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 go back a little bit further because I think like the whole thing was an experience. It was it wasn't just the movie that we gotta talk about. We got to like that intro where it like kind of it showed some of the, the directors of NT, some of the voice actors, and like I thought that was really cool. I liked that. Um it, it uh it was kind of interesting to see people talking about how, like, I watched this show when I was a when I was a kid. So, like, reanimating some of this stuff was pretty was like pretty ma- pretty amazing. So, I, I thought that was a fun little peek, yeah. peek behind the curtain. I, I was very amused by the part where they make new types, like they just try to summarize new types for the general audience, if there is a general audience watching it. Where he's essentially they're Jedi's. Yeah, <laughs> their abilities are similar to the Force in Star Wars full stop like okay all right fair enough well he was, like, he was like they're and it's funny if you like think about it but uh he's like they're they're asian jedis which is funny because lucas got you know inspiration from uh you know uh kurosawa's movies for star wars so it's almost like a full circle of um voodoo magic to be fair, I think if uh, Melanie asked me what a new type was, that's probably how I would describe it after hearing that. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's how I've always described it. It's the easiest thing to do because it's sort of, okay, here is sci-fi space opera story with a touch of military realism and some stuff. And then it's sort of how do you explain new types from there? You, you almost have to go Star Wars or it's just weird in context. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I liked, um, that, that whole like intro into, um, the movie. Uh, but, but what, and, and this is kind of like a launching point into this, the show almost is they're like, 
you know, we feel that I forget which guy was saying, I think it was the director. He was like, you know, uh, unicorn, we see as the end of the old uh, UC story and narrative is like, you know, the, the brand new start, you know, it's a brand new story that we're moving forward with. And like the first thing I think I said to Luke when we walked out of the show was this feels like unicorn episode nine. It did. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. And I definitely got the impression that it was just a capstone of a unicorn. Not even, I mean, kind of of the entire UC, but especially of unicorn. Yeah, it was it, like, yeah, I kind of got this feeling like there was a third unicorn gun and they forgot to mention it. Yeah, well, and that's why I said nine because you, you, you know, Luke was like, no, no, there, you mean episode eight? And I'm like, no, 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 there was an episode eight that we just never saw, and narrative is episode nine. Well, isn't isn't this based off of a extra additional unicorn novel that they put out around the time of the first OVA, and it was just unicorn like book twelve, Phoenix Hunt or something like that, and then a, I have no, they yeah. kind of just took it from Perhaps. there. I, I, I mean, for me, I knew going in that this movie exists for one reason and one reason only. And that is to sell Gunpla. That's what the entire series well, is Well, this movie very much in particular. <laughs> All right. So, so while we're talking about that, before we get into too much spoiler stuff, what's, what's each of your favorite, um, uh, uh, mobile suits in this show movie. In this specific movie. Yeah. I mean, you only really have like three. There's like, I mean, there's a few other ones, but you really only have three. I'm going to go with the... Yes, this is, this might be the unpopular opinion, but every single series that I watch, I'm always a fan of whatever like the general military non-Gundams are. So they had those... Um, it wasn't Londo Bell, but whatever unit that they were hanging out with the whole time, they had those like special forces, like blue, like general purpose mobile suits, and I was really into those. Mm. I like the like, sniper scope, like head units and all that stuff. Um, I was going to go with my boy Benajer's custom silver bullet and its arm detachment stuff. Cause that was really cool. I really, I really yeah, like that. That was cool. Even though we didn't get, I, I feel like we didn't get a good enough view of it, but it, it did look cool. Yeah. It, is there a, is there a kid out for that? Or there not? is a, uh, let me, uh, I can send you guys a link. One sec. I'm sure there's a silver bullet, but is there the, the custom that one? I don't believe so yet. I'm sure there will be if there isn't. Um, I say it's custom because I think it's darker than the standard one. I'm about to send you guys a link to the, um, high grade universal century kit for it. Yeah, I think the standard one's like a light gray, and this one was like a like a gunmetal blue. Like dark yeah. Blue. Yep. You know, yeah. now I'm looking at it. Is that? Oh no, that's a that's a different thing. Never mind. I'm looking at Google image image search, and it gave me some weird results. So, yeah, that's either not a kit yet, or maybe it is, and it's just a, some P Bandai stupid yeah. stuff. So I was digging I'm, around I'm looking, looking for it a little bit and I could I couldn't find it, but yeah. I'm looking right now. They have a they have a an exhibit version of the kit, um, which they usually do to say we might make this as a kit, but we're not sure yet. Mm-hmm. So they have like they built a prototype for it, but it's not announced as a coming uh coming kit yet. Yeah, so my favorite on this one was the Sananju Stein. Uh I've always been a, fav- a fan of those since Char's Counterattack. 
Um, but this one I really liked a lot. I liked it. I liked the silver one, but I liked the the red Sinanju from Unicorn better. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, okay, so let's. I guess let's walk into the movie now that we've kind of talked about everything else other than the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Luke, you mentioned the we get to see the the colony drop actually reanimated for the first time. I could have walked out. And just seen that and been happy. I was excited by that. So it was the original colony drop. Yeah. It was the first time we actually see, aside from 1979, like stop animation. Uh, it's the first time we see it hit. It's the first time we see the actual like explosion and impact and fallout. And I thought it was, yeah, it's still, that was definitely the most detailed animation sequence they've done for a colony drop probably ever. Yeah, not only that, you got to see the, the like the actual after effects, not just like you got to see the blast where it was like just incinerating people, but you also got to see where they went back to uh, I think it was Australia. Yeah, um, that's that's uh, and, Sydney that gets blown yeah. off the map. Yeah, yeah. So they they go back, they see that, and then it's just kind of um, screwed up. I think uh, the thing I liked about it was. Um, before it was always just like, oh no, those bastards, they dropped a colony. It was so bad. And like so many people died and it was just people talking about it or like just very cursory glances at it. It was the first time that you really got to feel. Yeah. They did themselves no favors with repeating this in other series uh, too many times. But uh, yes, in the whole of the series, like there are too many colony drops. Like by the time you get to double Zeta, it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I think, I think double Zeta is the third colony drop. And then yeah. you get to Char's counterattack, and there's one or two asteroid drops. Yeah. But they're little baby asteroids and, right. you know, yeah, just a little baby, just, asteroids. you know, no big deal. Just take out some continents, you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Cause you have operation stardust and yeah, double Zeta, I feel like there was another one I'm missing, but I think what it might be is just. I think there was an attempt. I don't think there was an actual. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you're right there. Yeah. I think that was during Zeta. I think double Zeta was the last successful. Yeah. You know what? All right. I got the list. So we have uh, Operation British 0079. We have Operation Stardust 0083. Operation Apollo. The Titans attempted to drop a colony. Um, uh, the drop was unsuccessful. Uh, let's see. Haman Khan's Neo Zeon forces a drop on Dublin. Yep, that's double Zeta. They're able to, yes, that one does happen. Uh, and, and, and then, then another attempted one, but that one fails. Lana Bell stops it. So it looks like three successful. Yeah, and then a few asteroids and, and uh, Charles. You know what I think it was? Is the first time I watched through Zeta. Um, it was around the time... I was also going through seed or it was right after or something like that. And there are drops in seed. And then I think it's Zeta also has where they take out a colony with gas. Poor earth. Yeah. And poor colony. Wasn't seed supposed to be like a reimagining of UC though? Um, it, it takes cues, but I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say it's a complete reimagining it. 
at the start, sure, but it, it really goes off in its own direction, which is mostly high school emotions. But yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, yeah, so we see these three kids. Um, that a miracle, children. miracle children. They, they have, it doesn't say how far in advance that they kind of saw the stuff, but it was, uh, there was some foresight involved where it said, it said that when they had, all right, so we'll, speaking to what happened, they had a vision of the colony yeah. drop. Specifically, one of them had a vision of the colony drop, and the other two yeah. were kind of along for the ride. Yeah, she touched them and, like, it specified that. She, they had the vision in 0079, but it didn't yep. say when. Right. It was it was before the colony dropped, but not like super long before. It was it was like long enough that they were able to like get some people away. Yeah, and since since that yeah, was in January of 0079, I think you know we have like a five percent chance of getting it right just by randomly guessing. Um, <laughs> so that was that's Rita specifically. Actually, okay, so Operation British was on January 3rd, 0079, so we had like a two-day window where we could have gotten it, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess we, yeah, we'd have to go with, um, I wonder if they're going on the origin timeline. I bet that's why they didn't specify exactly when it was, because they didn't want you to have to look and see if it was the origin or cartoon timeline. (laughs) Um, But this was Rita specifically, the blonde girl that has this this vision, and then the other two hold hands and are able to share in it. Right. And by the other two, I mean Jonah or Jin. Yona. Fine. Okay. Yona. Yeah. I also was off put by that. Yeah. Yeah. And Michelle Luo. One thing to note about the little sequence before a sequence beforehand is we get to see all the English dub actors and it, was very unsettling seeing them do the voices to the camera, not in a booth. <laughs> yeah, when when uh, Yona's voice actor was like Yona Basta, Gundam narrative launching, I was like, uh, don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Anyway, moving on. Miracle Children vision. Yeah, so Miracle Children see the future, save a few people, and they become famous. Um, and and since I, you know, it's we didn't really have time to we don't have this on dvd so i can't watch it and take notes like i did for a lot of these other shows that we've watched so um because that would have been an asshole to be doing that in the movie theater um but yeah so essentially these these kids are turned into uh and we're i think i think at this point we're gonna have to go out of order because i think there's been a lot of commentary on how like um so the movie is the movie is told in non-sequential order Right. Yeah. The, the, the flashbacks are kind of jarring at points. So actually it does have flashbacks with old animation, yeah. which was really cool, but it jumped around a lot into past events, especially into stuff like, um, like Charles counterattack and like the yeah. grips stuff. Yeah. It just bounces around a lot at different times with old animation and new animation. So you know, if you're not really clear on what everything was, it can be hard to follow. Yeah, this would be very hard to follow without some familiarity. To surprisingly, Zeta gets pulled from a lot it does. because you need that context within those flashbacks, and then the other things that you see about uh, Yona, Michelle, and Rita to know that they have been taken to the Augusta New Type Labs. 
yep. which is where someone like four would have come from, which is why they had that flashback scene where you have the psycho Gundam fighting the Mark two using the old animation on the TV in that office, which was really a neat little touch. And not only that, the, yeah. the psycho Gundam turns out to have been produced by uh, this Luo company. Yeah. I don't, has Luo yeah. ever been brought up before? They have? Oh, yeah. That's who Kai works for. Oh, Kai Shiden. Okay. I see. I, I'm yeah. terrible when it comes to some of these details. So when I heard Lua, I was like, what? Yeah. And I think Bill Tauchika and Karaba uh, work with them some. Yeah. They're kind of like Anaheim anyway, where they're they're a company. They're a merchant right. supply company kind of of deal. So Lane and I were having a conversation that um, whether they were well-established or otherwise that they were kind of, they kind of seemed like they were being postured as the new, like big focal point of a lot of stuff. Like, used um, to be, yeah. Like used to be, or like Anaheim or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Anaheim's still around. I think maybe it's positioning Luo is sort of like, they're like the Anaheim of earth. Right. If you want to go yeah. with that, you know, they're just another part of this military industrial complex. It's just a fictional one in this case. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they take these kids to, to the lab and they're doing all sorts of crazy, you know, experiments on them that, uh, we see in a lot more detail than we've seen in any, any of the other shows. Um, and basically they're playing the kids against each other because, the Luo company wants whichever one is the real, they figured out that only one of them was a real new type and had right. real visions. And they, they basically came in with the intent of, you need to figure out which one the real one is and give us the real one. And then they start plotting the kids against each other to, to figure that out. Yeah. So, goes, so this goes on for a little while. Eventually, the two kids figure out what's going on. I think Michelle overheard them yeah. discussing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, figures it out. Basically, tricks everyone into offering her as tribute to the Luau company to live the good life. So there's a nod in that scene that I had that I caught because and, and I wouldn't have caught this if we hadn't just watched um, Origin and, and the first oh. part of Mobile Suit Gundam. But when yeah. Michelle is able to overhear the Titan officer talking to the researcher at the lab, which it's kind of funny how that scene starts with him going like, yeah, I'll cut off their feet, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and then suddenly develops a moral compass throughout the conversation. But anyway, uh that Titan officer says that, you know, they need to do this because if the Titans lose, they will be caught as and tried as war criminals. And I was like, Oh yeah. I, I remember saying that. Yeah. It's like, I've heard, I've heard that before. <laughs> so I think that's just uh, one of those reminders that even though the Titans are in these Federation uniforms, by the way, in that series, they were, they were the bad guys during the calendar in, in that, uh, in that time period. So um, just thought that was a nice parallelism. It's really interesting because throughout Unicorn and even even in this instance, you don't really get a good sense of who the villain and who the 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 not villain is, so to speak. And and I speak from the original the perspective of like the original series where the Federation is very clearly not the villain and the Zeon is very clearly the villain. Well, I don't I don't even know in the original series we we see a lot, um, you know. With we see the we see the Federation being assholes a lot, but I think it was just more of a 
hey, look, we're, they're human too, but it was still the Federation is are the heroes well, of the story. I think, I think the people that were right. working for the Federation were the heroes of the story, but the Federation itself, I mean, like, you, you see when when the, the guys from White Base showed up at um, uh, that, yeah, Luna 2, I mean, the, the Federation basically says, uh, fuck you guys, you're on your own, get out of here. Yeah, I think the the story just positions itself over time to be uh, everybody sucks, but that's part of the examination of its story. And this movie gets into a lot of this, uh, the new type of narrative, (laughs) which is, you know, a lot of that is that there is so much that we all have in common with one another. And if we could just understand one another, we wouldn't have all this conflict. And so that's one of the reasons that they paint you know, they don't paint in such broad strokes anymore with good and bad in universal century, uh, because that's part of the point is that, you know, you're, you're not going to have at least very often not going to have just evil people. Now that this movie also has an example of just steamrolling that idea into fucking oblivion, but we'll get to that in a little while. Yeah. So, um, so Michelle Luo basically goes and works with Luo company. She's, acts as uh, some psychic for them that advises them on how to like do certain business deals and is considered to be like, Oh, she's awesome. She's like led them to prosperity, never led them the wrong way. And there's like, there's like, there's subtext that it's basically like, well, would she, she's smart. She basically just used common sense though. Um, Yeah. She she makes a throwaway comment about like, Oh, like statistics are really helpful. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, you know, right? You know, no, Yona. Sorry, I, I, I'm terrible with names. Yeah. Yona, Yona like, basically sneaks out uh, and joins the military. Um, and uh, I, I don't think it's under a pseudonym. It's it's under his own name, but maybe like a fake background or something along those lines. Uh, and he becomes a, a mobile suit pilot who is generally unremarkable. Uh, in every sense, right? Yeah, they make a they make a point of saying uh, at one point I think it was Iago was uh, discussing with him and basically saying, "Why are you here? You have no merits, no demerits, no notable accomplishments. You've never really done anything. Yeah. How did you get handpicked by this company to come out and do this?" Uh, and then it kind of cuts to a little while later when he's actually test doing a test run in the Gundam, and they're like, "Yeah, I mean, I guess he's okay. He's maybe a little better than average, but yep, that's about yeah, because it. they're they're thinking he's supposed to be some cyber new type, but you end up sort of through this realizing that not very much must have happened to him at Augusta. Uh, a little bit sure, but not enough to make him magically be a good mobile suit pilot. Yeah, I mean, we do definitely see hints of his him having abilities throughout, but not a lot. Right. You can tell he's got new type ability, but it's not enough for him to suppress it and still be a good pilot. Yeah, he was yeah, he was mediocre and relied on a lot of other things. So, uh, I guess at that point, all right, so we've gotten up to modern times with them and and so we kind of see now that we've kind of caught up with the kids, we see, um, what's her name? Uh, the Vist lady 
Martha Viss Carbine is being transported um, by... Who was she being transported by? Was she with Londo Bell? Was it Londo Bell that was keeping her? Might have been. Anyway, she was being transported basically to be used, right? To like get get information yeah. from her on um on the psycho frames and all that stuff and um and we see michelle and yona uh, on earth basically stopping her car and um we see and this is this is actually in one of the early scenes of the movie so we're, we're again we're going out of order we're just kind of trying to go in a more chronological order so we yeah. can kind of explain things in a coherent way uh, we see Michelle just basically like stepping on one of her captors <laughs> with the gun. No, it was just fucking like randomly gruesome out of nowhere. And I was like, uh, wait, what just happened? I, think it was, I don't recall if it was you or I don't recall if it was you or Scotty, but like right when that happened, I got a message from one of the two of you that no, said that was Gundam me. style. That was me. And that wasn't, that, that, that yeah. was later at the yep. night. And I had, <laughs> well, I noticed it. Later, I don't know what you said, but anyway, moving on. Stomping. Yeah. So um, Michelle is a very sympathetic ca- character who obviously has a lot of empathy for other human beings. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they they take uh, they, they take uh, this carbine and uh, they they learn about RX zero three uh, Phoenix Gundam Phoenix Phoenix. Very specifically, Phoenix for some reason. Yeah, they they do make some references to the Phoenix a lot of times, but they specifically keep calling it the Phoenix. And I looked up the spelling as a result, and it is spelled Phoenix. Yep. So is is that just a result of the romanization of the characters? I don't know if that's a result of that or not, because they specifically reference Phoenix multiple times. As like no, an allegory for it, but not an actual. So, yeah, it's, it's in Japanese. It's it's Phoenix, um, and I don't. I would imagine if it was going to be Phoenix, it would be Phoenix. So there, there is there is an e okay. in there instead of an i. I guess is the way to say it. Okay. All right. Anyway, no, they're fine. looking for the Phoenix, and they it takes it takes a little bit to kind of figure out why, but we kind of figure out um, that Michelle had left uh, the testing facility. Um, Jonah stayed there, and they figured they eventually figure out that Rita is the real new type. She disappears, becomes the pilot for the FedEx, and then disappears. Yep, and this is where unicorn context is. Holy crap. I can't imagine watching this and not having watched Unicorn uh, because it would just make very, very little sense. I mean, I I suppose it works anyway, right? It's for some reason she went crazy, blew up the ship that she was launching from during testing and left. Uh, The reason for that, I guess you would have no idea the reason for it in advance if you hadn't watched Unicorn. But we see hints there where the full psycho frame is sort of trying to consume the pilot. Yeah. Like merge with the pilot's consciousness and you Mm -hmm. see it kind of there at the end, but then also even in unicorn, like in the beginning, the first episode, the time NTD gets activated, Um, you know, but doesn't have control of that. The thing like 
grips him down. Well, I mean, it's like a constant struggle the whole series. Like every time it it activates, it's a struggle for him mm-hmm. to not get just like swallowed up by the unicorn. Yeah, yeah. So now they're like, okay, well, let's put this cyber new type in this one and test it out. And clearly, yeah, the so, suit I mean, wins. It, and I think that I think the reason the suit wins is because she's not only a new type. She's a cyber new type. So she's a new type cyber new type, which I don't think we've ever really seen much of, have we? Not that specific scenario, because they thought she was not, they, they were basically putting her through the process of becoming a cyber new type, but it, she was already a new type. And then they were like, oh, fuck, we got to extract her new type. We got to like research this new type shit and sort of cutting into her. So... Definitely a different scenario than I think we've seen. Yeah, it was a little unclear. You know, it, it's Augusta is usually where new types come from, but excuse me, cyber new types come from, but it's also just a general research facility. And I think by, you know, with touching on it with Yona, that clearly some little teeny bit of enhancement might have been done, but well, not a lot. We don't know how much. Well, they showed her undergoing surgery true but that's after she's been isn't that after she's been taken away because they found out she was a that's after she's been taken away yeah i think they were trying to research and like find the source they were doing research on her but i think at the same time they hinted that she was a cyber new type so i think i think she underwent the cyber new type enhancements despite being a new type yeah so i I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think they give us, but it's I mean, vague. that could be a reason why, you know, like she's super powerful. Uh, she also is insane. That's when she goes ballistic. Um, but that's also why she's able to maybe to survive and kind of um, become a ghost Gundam. Well, yeah, to be clear, she didn't survive. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it all depends uh, how you define surviving. She, because, she because, I mean, like... that's, a, that's a big, that's a big theme of this whole movie is, uh, life after death in a way, you know? Yeah, the... the... Right, so I think, I think physically she didn't oh, yeah. survive. She became a force ghost, right? Yeah, what I was going to uh-huh. say is the phoenix strikes her down and she becomes more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Exactly. She was super powerful. Didn't, didn't even have to refuel, you know? Yeah. I guess we're just going to ignore, like, where'd the skeleton go? Is it just just disappear after a while. I guess we'll get to that. Uh, that's where the, that's how, that's why she didn't have to refuel. <laughs> Cannibalized her body and turned it into fuel. Right here, yeah. It was, just, it was just eating her bones for a year. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, I don't even know how to attack this in a, in a, in a right way to like, give this show the movie justice but uh let's let's go to the xeon forces really quick let's let's talk about um oh yeah so what was his name um not Iago. no 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 no, no, no. i'm sorry what was the guy uh i gotta look it up oh, oh, okay. is zoltan akanen zoltan that's it yeah oh, that crazy mofo pops up out of nowhere with no explanation, humming like classical classical music, like a serial killer. This is the worst villain in Gundam in a long time. He doesn't make sense. He's he's fail frontal, man. He so so from what? All right, um, 
full frontal from what I understand, um, and, and, and all of this is really vague, so I could be 100% wrong. Full frontal is supposed to be a clone of Char who had Char's spirit later inhabit him, right? Yep. And um, Zoltan is a clone of full frontal who just went insane. No. After becoming a cyber new type, right? No, no, he's a failed clone of Char. He's a failed clone of Char, or is he a failed Clar- clone of Full Frontal? Because because they, I thought they said in the movie somewhere that he was a failed Full Frontal. I, so I think they said he was a failed Full Frontal, but I think they considered Full Frontal a successful yes. clone of Char. Yep. So he Char. is what he is is the yeah, Full Frontal was not. It wasn't. Oh, one and done. We got this right on the first try, trying to clone Char and do it correctly. Um, they they screwed up along the way a few times and had, well, messed up kids like uh, Zartan here or whoever. Zoltan. It really, it really doesn't matter what his name is because he sucks. He's a plot device. He's there to be a bad guy and serve as a flashpoint for some of the other parts of the plot. I, just, I didn't get his motivations. I didn't get he. I didn't get the sense that he was supposed to be like Char or like Full Frontal. I I got none of that. I got okay. I'm crazy. I'm gonna just yeah. like fuck shit up. That's, that's yeah. He is the look. We don't have time in this movie to tell the story we want to about our main characters and build a conflict for them to tell that story through and introduce a compelling new villain. So we're going to take away a compelling villain and just have a Saturday morning cartoon a-hole for them to fight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you, you see him throughout the series uh, up until like the, the end, just kind of like being randomly insane and like doing shit that doesn't make any sense that if like, you know, they, so they're, they're chasing the Fennec. So the, the, once, once they, once they basically deal with, um, the Vist Foundation, they're like, all right, the, the whole show becomes basically chasing down the Phoenix and capturing it because um, they believe that the RX-01 and the RX-02 have been dismantled, their psycho frames have been destroyed and banned by everybody. Um, so yep. RX-03, uh, the Phoenix is the only one with a fully intact psycho frame that everybody is aware of so now the the chase is on for the neo zeon remnants and the um the luo foundation to grab this this piece of tech and fully utilize it Um, so for i think for several of these yeah yeah yeah, sorry for the two factions you just mentioned uh, the goal would be to utilize it um for the federation it is destroy it um for yeah actual republic of zeon it is destroy it uh or scuttle it you know whatever they would want to do there um and the other thing is that there's just some more continuity with unicorn here so the axis shock at the end of uh, unicorn between the the unicorn and the neo zeon and sinanju is what supposedly wakes up the phoenix from wherever it was yeah um so we see them after the first chase which is pretty cool you just basically see um the thing the phoenix flying around we see them go to um side six 
uh, to a college colony there. And, and this is somebody actually asked me um, in one of the early posts on Reddit for the podcast to, to discuss side six um, because it's it's mentioned in a lot of places, but it's never really fully fleshed out. It's not even really fleshed out here. So side six is an independent uh, republic. It's it's the Ria Republic, or if that's how you say it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's yeah. it shows up in, in 080 War on the Pocket, um, but yeah. we never really get a lot of information on it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. We do in Mobile Suit Gundam. We're just not there yet. So we get information, but not a not a lot, though. I mean, they, they go there. They talk yeah. about how they're oh neutral. yeah, they go there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a neutral colony that's playing both sides during the One Year War, and it it's Switzerland. Yeah, that's why you don't know a lot about it. It's Switzerland. Yeah. So they go there. Um, and, and so according to some of the stuff I read, uh, during the reorganization in 0084, Side 6 was moved to the Lagrange 5. Interesting. Uh, but I guess it's it says it rejoins the Earth Federation, so I guess at this point it's actually not a republic anymore? Mm. Hmm. I feel like they mentioned it still being neutral in this movie, but I could be mistaken on that. Uh, yeah. Everything everything becomes Earth Federation again at some point for late UC to work, like F91 and whatnot. Um, now, that, not to say that that stuff won't splinter off at some point and they go in another direction, but yeah, that sounds right, Lane. Yeah, and, and I, it, I, I don't think F91 makes sense anymore at this point um, as far as like mainline continuity goes, but that's another yeah. discussion. It's... What do they do with Hathaway's Flash? I think will tell us a lot about what they're going to do with those later UC shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, they go into yeah. So this is just going back into Zoltan and and so they go into this uh, colony, this college colony, and they're supposed to like they they have they claim that they detect um, the, the psycho frame in the same way that they were kind of um, I guess whenever the unicorn was acted during unicorn, it, they would like use that, that, that technology to kind of like gather coordinates for where Laplace's blocks was. Right. Yeah. It's psycho monitor. Monitor. So they were claiming, Hey, we detect it here. You go here and you'll find it. But they were actually just trying to lure it out by doing some shady shit inside of a colony and trap the Phoenix inside the colony. Um, and then we see Zoltan like getting, uh, opening up the the first appearance of the neo Zeong and the colony and uh gundam narrative like doing new type magic to adapt it to yeah that was kind of cool where he, 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 we find out that the um that the narrative gundam has an ntd yeah the narrative makes him watch while he uses his <laughs> mobile armor i thought that was a great scene it was that was really cool and it kind of drew. It kind of drew out the Phoenix too, and kind of forced the Phoenix to intervene. Yeah. the The weird part of this for me is the, the narrative is the prototype for the new Gundam from Char's counterattack. Yeah. But here, it's basically been. This is your first hint that 
there's something else going on with it because why would it have full psycho frame if it's a prototype for something that just had the psychomobile capsule and we had some hints about it too because early on the very first time we see it they pull yona out and he's in that crazy like crash glowing red pilot suit thing with no explanation it's like an intense pilot suit yeah, it's the please don't die from G-Forces pilot suit. Yeah, exactly. At least I presume that's what it is. I don't know if that's how that works. I don't know if that would help you or not. I Sure. Yeah. It seemed like later on we figure out, I think it's it's meant to enter, it's meant to, it was designed for it, it to be like a retrofit for the NTD and the Psycho Frame. Well, it's... Yeah, it's using. I mean, it's using one of them. Like that's those suits are not as scuttled as everyone thought. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Zoltan be crazy, um, almost yeah. basically shooting and up a like colony. Ran, again, this is another reason he's such a bad character. Is like he was just randomly killing people in the colony, and even people. I feel like even yeah. when they were writing the movie, they're like, "Man, everybody's going to hate this character because they're like." Why is this guy doing this? What what the fuck is wrong with him? Why is he doing this? And he just does it. He wasn't even really a villain. He was just a plot device. Yeah, I mean it it could have also just been a purposeful choice of you'll be rooting for our morally questionable protagonists if this guy is just completely terrible. I mean, it was just like the WWE <laughs> school of booking. Like you make the guy yeah. so terrible, you just need him to right. lose right now. Yeah, so we, they're, they're they're really secretive. Once they get on um, the Shazar unit, um, that that ship. What's the name of that ship? Is it the Shazar? The, the uh, Damascus. I thought that was the Damascus type ship. Is that it? But it's the Damascus itself. I think the Damascus is the name. It, it might have been the class, but I thought it was the Damascus, and then the. The other ship name I noticed was the Luo and Company ship at the start was the Rosebud, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if that'll have significance." And I don't think it did. Yeah, so they're they're just really secretive with the NT. They're not really telling the Republic people what's going on, and um, you know, we see uh, Iago, who's like the the captain of uh, the Damascus mobile suit units, um, just kind of like, yeah. "What the fuck is wrong with these people?" Um, it's, it's after all of the colony stuff that Michelle Luo comes clean about it. It's before that, that we see all the shady stuff and Iago having to surveil them to yeah. try to find out what's going on. Yeah. Th- this, this movie. So I like it in general. I like it. Lots of good action scenes, but it, and, and this is one of the more coherent Gundam movies that they have. Like they did as far as like the compilations and stuff like that go, like most of them, if you watch the compilation, they're not coherent. Um, but this, I mean, this was mostly coherent. Um, it just wasn't well written, uh, in, in a lot of cases, I feel. I don't even know that I agree that it wasn't well written. It was just a very poor, I think, I think there was a lot of misuse of the time. Yeah. This demanded you really pay full attention to everything, which is difficult to do for, you know, for me longer than like 10 minutes, but uh, not you know, not everyone that will apply to. Uh, anyhow, you have to really, really, really pay attention to it, and the non sequential storytelling 
um, you know, lends itself to that. But the part of it that was a negative, I thought, was the flashback scenes are very frequent, uh, which I don't mind. Again, it's non-sequential. That was its whole shtick. It's part of the theme of it with you know, messing with time and things like that. But it was that some of those flashbacks, especially to when they were kids, yeah. would repeat the same material with a little more or from a different perspective. And there yeah. was just one too many of them with just a little too much on repeat during them. Like that scene where they were all standing in like the wreckage of the ocean. Um, like at her, with the girl asking like, uh, do you believe in heaven? Like I think that that little bit of a, uh, uh, voiceover was played like seven times yeah which it's a good scene but especially i think that last time they show it it stops the momentum dead mm-hmm. and and it's mostly good but they they ended up with i think some pacing issues because of the flashbacks and their length yeah yeah so in, inside that colony the college colony they almost catch the phoenix and they they do that by basically overriding the the Gundam narrative, turning on the NTD uh, stuff uh, and using its uh, fake funnels turned into real funnels uh, to put like a psycho frame shield around the Phoenix and catch it. Uh, it eventually gets away. <laughs> um, and Yona is caught unawares. He doesn't know there's an NTD. Yeah. He, he has no idea what's going on. Uh, but most people probably wouldn't even know what an NTD was anyway. Like uh, it's probably, there's probably only a handful of people and uh, the only one in this show, well, two people, probably Michelle and her, um, uh, her gay assistant. Brick. What's his, Brick. Yes. Is, is he the first, is he the first LGBT, uh, uh, Gundam person that we've ever seen? Mm, no, no, no way. It can't. It can't be. To be fair, to be fair, we don't know that he was gay. We just know that he doesn't have an interest in women. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just can't think of any characters up up to this point in UC that were that were uh, at least not interested oh, in women. Oh, UC. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, we had the whole coordinators thing, and it's who even knows what they were, but that's in double. <laughs> yeah, that's a little different. I think this is our first gay UC character. I'm, I'm going to call him gay just because that, that seems to be what he hinted that he was. It's the first um, since Garma and Char. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. There's quite a few in non UC stuff, if I'm not mistaken. No Iron Blood Orphans has on. Well, they're woke now. UC is woke. Um, it, only, it only took thirty. I just, years. I, I just have to stop for a moment and say that did no one tell them about Brick Tamblin and Anchorman when they named a character Brick? Because it's all I could think of afterwards. <laughs> he's just, he's just going it. around, and and Michelle's like, "Oh, sweet Brick," and you're. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. Let, where where do we go from here? Uh, I I kind of like. I don't even want to really talk about. I, I mean, we can. 
but the the all the metaphysical stuff that they keep going over and over and over about it just it wasn't interesting to me like they the, about the, the, the new type yeah, magic. They, I mean, they were just talking about how new types, you know, like if everybody could become, could become a new type, then we could all like lose our physical bodies and become immortal, yada, yada, yada. And I was just, it, it wasn't interesting to me. Like, I like the ideas of new types, but like uh, they were going over the top with the, the magic stuff. And I was just like, all right, let's. I mean, we can always just take it straight to where 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 does this all end up like this big hunt for the fans? yeah well so the the i don't know i i mean part of the point here is that a lot of what you said you didn't like lane informs michelle's motivation as a character here because i, I know i know and that's why i don't like her <laughs> well and she's tr- what she's trying to do is keep her uh, i guess adoptive is the, the subtext here or the implied context subtext her adoptive father alive because he's like in a test tube being kept on life or best we can tell. And by looking for the Phoenix, because she seems to know that like Rita's been absorbed by it or merged with it or something like that. And they want to reverse engineer that and, and make it so that, you know, people could basically live as big Gundam robots. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good evolution of where all that stuff was going because in a lot of previous series, it was like, okay, they're doing all of this. And there's this very vague idea even started with like in mobile suit Gundam where Lala's talking about being able to see time, you know, and it's sort of, man, what's the point in all this stuff? And it's really gets into the whole idea of, you know, after death, the, the spirit kind of ascending to this other plane of existence as a new type in it allows a lot of the other stuff to work as far as like the new type ghosts and how, why do you see Amaro and Lala all of a sudden at the end of unicorn when they haven't, you know, you haven't been around. Is it like in the star Wars EU where you could only be a force ghost for so long before you just ascend and you can't do that anymore. Um, and I think it helped make a lot of that stuff work and it gives them a couple of options going forward to Luke's point where you can either say that um, because they've gone this far uh, you know, and now the, the Phoenix has just flown off to wherever at the speed of light. And these other machines are all in everyone's possession and they're not using the psycho frame stuff um, that they're going to put that all away. And that's that. Um, but it also gives them a, an opening to uh, keep going deeper into this rabbit hole if they were to so choose to do that. That's my little rant about it. Yeah, I, I get it. I, and like part of me enjoys it, but the other part of me is just like, all right, I I don't care. I want to like, I'm fine with new types. I like the ideas of new types. I like the ideas that they they're they've got some magical space voodoo that makes them be able to fly these space robots um, better than a lot of other people. But that's that's the point for me is like fly these space robots. Maybe have some telekinetic powers. Um, once it starts getting beyond that where they're like you know hugging asteroids and stuff like that it it starts to like bug me a little bit um (laughs) and and i understand that it's her motivation but it's also part of the reason like this movie bugs me to some level um don't get me wrong i like the movie it was entertaining um but i i think i mentioned to you guys before like 
I liked Unicorn up until the last episode, where the last episode was just kind of like, you know, the last 10 or 15 minutes of Char's counterattack as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like an escalation of this where they've been able to take the spectacle of it because it's right. animation technology's gotten better and they can do all this you know, fancy new stuff. You've only got a couple options there. One is you just you know do something like Thunderbolt, which, okay, we have Thunderbolt, right? Very more uh, down to earth in the second episode, literally, right. uh, yeah. with the military technology and, and things of that nature and cybernetics, but not getting into the spiritual aspect of it. Uh, where it, like the last episode of Unicorn I loved and like the, and the end of this I really liked as well because it really just dives right into that ridiculous glowy spectacle you know, spiritual stuff <laughs> and that gives it a depth to me that although it's sometimes vague um, and a little campy uh, it was something kind of different and to me if you're going to go there like embrace it like go that far. Well, and, and I think that's why I kind of like, so bef- before Unicorn happened and before Narrative happened, um, I guess you had Char's Counterattack and then a few years later they did a hard reset and did like F-91 and Victory Gundam, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so to me, that to me, when, when we were watching the preview of the movie and they were saying, well, Narrative is a new... Uh, is, is, is like a new beginning for Universal Century, um, a new story in a way. Um, I was thinking, all right, cool. You know, they're, they're going to find some way to kind of like um, power down everybody, you know, like at the beginning of a, of a new Dragon Ball Z show or something like that. Like, you know, everybody's powerful, but, you know, you, you've got to reset the power levels to where like it makes sense for the rest of the universe. So you yeah. don't have like, gods walk i mean and, and they do have gods walking around in dragon ball but y- you get my point right yeah yeah, yeah. and that's way f91 felt when i watched it um was it was basically like you know all this stuff happened um yada 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 um but you know it those people were like on a whole different plane and now we're back, kind of back to like normal people running the world and normal people piloting gundams that doesn't mean that that that, that, that new type magic's not there. It's just that we don't have, um, you know, Shar uh, uh, hitting power level 10,000 and then Amuro hitting 10,500, you know? Like, that That to me is kind of like where I was hoping the series would go because I think you do have to build up to that stuff to a certain extent with, with that, um, with the new type idea. But I think if the, the more you push it forward, the the less about like combat and war and stuff that it can be right. It yeah. takes the focus off of that. Whereas like Gundam to me is kind of like, it's a war, it's a anti-war war movie, you know, like that's what, that's what it is. It's like war is hell. You know, this is the effect on people. This is why it's not good. Not, not everybody is good or bad. It's, it, there's a spectrum of that stuff. And that's what I think really to me pushes the like Gundam stuff like to really next levels that I like watching, not the, the magic. Yeah. And like I said, one of the possible routes to go here with where this went was to put that back in the box right, and make that go away. Essentially. Um, to the end of this, you've got all the like dangerous technology more or less accounted for. Um, 
but you know they've also got that hey they're still making these to make money and so if yeah go and do hathaway's flash and it's really realistic and gritty and makes no money um they can always go back into the well and my opinion on this is also tainted by i just don't like late uc and if that's where we're going i care a lot less about the the future productions and the uc 100 it's like if you're gonna tell me i'm ending up at victory gundam which is a show i can't finish because it is so boring to me yeah. like that that really i think frames a lot of my opinion as well where i think a lot of that stuff was just tamino getting bored and doing whatever and keeping it in the same continuity and i'm like sunrise let yourself out of the box man let yourself out of the box yeah, and, and I think if they if they reset some of the timeline to a way like, all right, now we have Unicorn, now we have Narrative, let's move forward with these as like the con- continuity, like make this the timeline moving forward. Like you don't necessarily have to have F91, you don't have to have Victory Gundam, you kind of kind of make those like an alternate universe and still keep the timeline that we're now getting familiar with, starting with, you know, uh, Unicorn, um, but, and make it more interesting and not necessarily have to like make those other series fit, but you can also like scale the magic back a little bit. I feel like. I think they will. Yeah. I think that'll be, I don't think they're going to get into Hathaway's flash and it just be people firing key blasts out of Gundams that they have merged with. Like <laughs> yeah. And I think that'll be interesting because Hathaway's flash was written before unicorn and all this stuff was ever came out. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they adapt all of the the new stuff into Hathaway's Flash because I think they're going to have a challenge with that. Uh, be they're going to have to change some of it anyway, I think, because it's a sequel to Beltatrica's Children, which is a version of Char's Counterattack that is not faithful to the anime one anyway. Mm. Um, so. so speaking of Char's Counterattack, the last battle of this show or this movie is basically the last battle of Char's counterattack. Kind of felt like that way. in miniature. Extent, yeah, yeah. They, they they weren't throwing an asteroid on Earth, but it it was <laughs> the same Sinanju with the same uh, Neo Zeong attachment with the same Halo, uh, you know. And it was a a Char clone piloting it. Did you Did you mean um, to say the last? episode of unicorn and not shars counterattack no no shars counterattack and the the and the last battle of shars counterattack and this felt very similar to me oh okay i, I gotta say i watched the, the last episode of unicorn like the day before this and I, I i think i leaned over and made a comment to you and said hey i'm pretty sure they did this exact thing <laughs> i think unicorn was similar but but i felt like just this was almost a exact copy and paste with new animation of the the last scene of shars counter Hmm. i'll I'll agree to disagree with you on it shars counterattack i just remember pushing the asteroid um and this was i don't just i just don't remember a lot of pushing here i know there's an act shock but um yeah, yeah but it was more along the lines of the the taking over the mobile suits and stuff like that and and the the halo and all that stuff it, it just seemed very similar yeah, all right or maybe maybe i'm combining part of shar's counterattack with um part of the the 
battle an F91. Uh, yeah, I think and and I think you're putting yeah F91 Char's counterattack in the last episode of Unicorn together, which they all have some similar things going on, so it's not yeah. unfair. <laughs> it yeah it, it it just felt um it didn't feel unique. It was fun to watch. Like I really enjoyed watching the fight. Um, it just didn't feel. Yeah, I, I have to say, I was in a mostly full theater, and the only, I have to say, like, I don't mind this. The audience was quiet, very quiet for the whole movie. That's great. That's how it should be. Uh, the only time I heard vocal reactions was right in this final battle where you have Benajer, and everybody knows it's Benajer, even though they don't show his face. Where they show him like I'm like I'm going to going to launch like actually kind of heard some like parts of the audience like oh yeah it's getting real like not actually saying it that way but seemed to be the vibe and I think that really helped out with a lot of it because he yeah here's your here's your protagonist you actually like showing up to go help and he shoots one of the Neo Zeong's like arm things off yeah so did they. They hinted at different things, but did they ever really say, like, because they showed the unicorn, but he didn't get in the unicorn. Okay, okay. So this is kind of fast forwarding to the end of the battle here. So um, Yona ends up, like, the narrative more or less gets trashed. And he gets out of the cockpit and gets into the Fenix. Um, because like Rita's guided him there and that's when he gets into the Phoenix and sees there is no one in this. And I think that's when he realizes like he, he knew that Rita was gone in some way and, and dead. I don't think he quite knew or grasped the totality of it until he gets in there. And all that's left is that piece of that necklace in there. And so he, he right. then sits in the cockpit and they run through the Sananju Stein and the Neo Zeong. I mean, it's like full on, you see um, emo kid in his cockpit and they're going forward with a beam saber and just explode him in the cockpit with the beam saber. And then what you have happen, yeah. he's, you know, seeing this new type vision and they're on like the new type plane. And there's, you know, uh, we forgot to cover Michelle and brick die somewhere in the battle. They fly in, they get shot. And, after, after releasing a whole bunch psycho of frame. Uh, psycho yep. frame. Yep, to like make a shield. But Iago is under the control of the Neo Zeong and shoots um, at the, uh, I think it's the narrative still at that point. And Michelle is shot down and killed. So he sees this vision of the new type ghosts of Michelle and Rita and, and Brick is there. I guess he was a new type too. And the guy they just killed. And the Phoenix is really just like, oh, I got more food, I guess. Right. He's like, it's almost like he's sort of reaching out to be maybe part of that consciousness with them. And the reason that you see the unicorn is that what it is, is it's Benajer has opened that thing up and been like, nope, nope. And is grabbing him out of it. So that's why you see the unicorn, like, you know, kind of grabbing. And, and it looks like he's almost cradling uh, Yona because it's, it's Benajer. Mm. So, so did they really destroy the unicorn then? Like they said they did? Or? No, because we see later a uh, glimpse of Maneva, um, you know, in her private chambers. And she's talking to this guy on this Neo Zeon faction, which 
she is clearly suspicious of, but maybe is not quite so certain that he is, you know, as active as he's shown to be in this movie. Um, but at some point in there, we are shown uh, the unicorn kind of tied down to something and, and clearly not active. Uh, but it ain't, it ain't been blown up. It's around. So what, what do you, do, do we want to discuss anything else about the movie or do we want to like move on to a little bit more? Yeah. So what, so what do you think's next then at this point? Because, so the movies happened, right? The, you know, um, Phoenix is, is what it is. Uh, Yona is, uh, an unremarkable pilot, but we still have Bonniger, uh, with the unicorn and assume, assuming the Banshee is still around with, uh, Riddy somewhere. Um, what do you think, what do you think's next? Cause we know, we know Hathaway's flash is next, but that doesn't, I don't think Hathaway's flash is really going to deal with this whole situation unless they completely rewrite it. Yeah. So I kind of feel like there's still a story left to tell about Benajer and Maneva and the RX zeros. And I feel like Yona's going to end up in that, uh, in the Phoenix. So I feel like it's going to be Yona in the Phoenix, Benajer's going to be back in the unicorn. Maneva's going to pop back up and there's still, I feel like there's still more story to tell there. I think that's, yeah, I really don't know. Like I, I speculated earlier that they have, I think so many places to go. Some of this might have just been a, okay, what we're going to do is this is building the button that we're going to put behind the glass that says break in case of emergency so that if they need to go back to this well again, they can do so. Uh, I don't know if they will immediately keep following up on it. I think there's a risk if you do another thing exactly like this you know, right away in 10 months or 11 a year, whenever Hathaway's flash comes out. Uh, I think you run risk of overexposing some of this stuff. Uh, so we'll have to see. I, I, I really don't know. I, I think they can go either way. They can do Hathaway's flash more or less consistent, cover some of their bases to where, yeah, Hey, this stuff has been, it actually did get deactivated uh, you know, Zeon rejoins the Federation and we'll set up for, you know, the Federation becoming crappy and F-91 and all that stuff. Do you think, um, I can't remember what I was going to ask there. <laughs> oh, sure. I agree then. <laughs> uh, so, so is it a uh, Hathaway's Flash supposed to be a trilogy? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to do three movies. You think we'll get another TV show anytime in the next few years? Uh, a UC yeah. TV show? I mean, because technically the last one we got was uh, uh, Recon, Recon Gusta, or however you say it. Oh, Recon yeah, yeah. technically. Um, I didn't watch it. I heard it was so bad, I just didn't even watch it in that one. I. It's, I don't know. I would have said before they announced they were chopping up Origin into the episodic format that they were just going to do, keep going with Origin, like as a TV series for the other volumes. But I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't. I, I don't think that they're ever going to do it, but I would love it if they went and just redid the original series. We've yeah, talked about that before. That would be but, nice. Okay. 
I, I, I mean, they have so many different things that they could jump into. Like, uh, I mean, they could deal with like the crossbone stuff. Um, I mean, Moon Gundam is uh, a new manga that's out there. Um, Moon Gundam has that's going to be a show in like ten years written all over it. <laughs> yeah. What year does that take place in? Oh, roughly. I want to say eighty-eight, but. I haven't looked it up. It might be 89. It, it, I believe, and I could be wrong here. It, I think it's in between double Zeta and Char's counterattack. Gotcha. Um, but it might be, it could also be 94 or you know, something like that. I, I, I don't recall. I, I've, it's been so long since all the press was out for it. And since it's not, you know, being officially distributed here at this point, um, kind of went out of mind. But hey, you know, we could, we could, or, you know, they could continue IBO and do something like a video game on your phone that, oh, oh. <laughs> don't give me any ideas, <laughs> man. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. I, I think, I think we don't do know the next uh, net series is just another uh, build divers. So there's, there's that. Um, at least it's not another axis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, do I need to watch axis before I watch, uh, NT? The answer is no. The answer is that you never need to watch axis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wonder if the manga is better though. I, I, I haven't read it, but uh, I, I wonder. Apparently not. No. Apparently worse is what I've heard. I, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, final thoughts, overall thoughts in the movie. Let's 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 do this uh, really quickly before we wrap things up. I liked it. Um, felt I liked it. You liked it? Is that it? I liked it. A little too short, but I liked it. Well, go ahead, Scotty. Tell us your impressions. <laughs> Uh, if you liked Unicorn and you like new type magic, this is going to be a great movie that you will want to watch a lot and you'll want to build model kits of stuff. Uh, and, you know, it has its flaws, but I think you'll find it very good if you like Unicorn and that sort of Gundam story. Uh, I think if you did not like Unicorn or you, you know, really only like the more realistic Gundam shows and movies, you will not like this at all and don't bother. Um, I kind of fall in the middle there. I, I, so I'm not a huge fan of the, uh, the, the, the new type super magic, but I really like the, the animation quality in this. I liked a lot of the, the art direction I thought was really cool. Uh, there was like a handful of scenes, like one in the colony reminded me it, it basically like showed like a comic panel of somebody's face coming in and they were talking and then like it later expanded the, to the whole Thing with them talking i thought that was really cool um i i liked the music a lot in this show um it reminded me actually a lot of iron-blooded um orphans uh, i know it wasn't the same director but um it, it just reminded me of that um and despite the 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 villain sucking and a lot of the writing like just not being great i i thought like the actual story itself was cool it pushed the narrative <laughs> forward um and it and is 
if I, I say it felt like unicorn episode nine um i i don't say that in a completely negative way because i did like unicorn um i just felt like the, there was a lot missing that they could have filled in the blanks for but i think that happens with a lot of the gundam shows so it's just something you kind of have to um deal with and that's fine that's gundam yeah. right or you let yourself be possessed by Shar's ghost who comes from the future and tells you all of the stories. That's true. It's how the Neo Zeon happened apparently. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, you guys got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this special bonus episode. Um, and uh, we'll, talk to you guys soon uh you can reach us on twitter at new type flash pod you can hit me up at uh at skank and monkey luke uh at easy stuff scotty scotty two underscores and the letter p or sabertron.com slash podcast all right we'll see you next time thanks guys <laughs>